list of files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. What's your favorite person, Serena? Serena! <laughs> The Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Morning, how's it going? It is so manky up there. So today is the perfect day to stay indoors, stay cosy, and I promise we'll keep you entertained here on the Bellissimo Files because on today's show, I'm going to be catching up with Game of Thrones's Peter Dinklage. He's going to be talking about his new film, Cyrano, and the strange souvenir that he brought back from his time filming in Sicily. I'm going to give you a chance to win a 12-month Hey You subscription. Jason Byrne is going to be sharing his favourite things. And up next, I'll be introducing you to Fintan McCarthy. This week's One to Watch is an indie folk singer, songwriter and producer from Cork who has just released his latest single, Amber. It's Fintan McCarthy. Fintan, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Um, congratulations on the single. I love the inspiration behind it. Tell us. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, like, I mean, I was kind of in a bit of a dry spell for a few months trying to write. You just get a bit kind of deflated sometimes when you're working on your own as a solo artist. You know, my partner found out we were going to be having a baby then, which is due next week now. So it kind of like sparked the inspiration for everything. I, I was kind of just fiddling around on the guitar like I always am with some chords. And then I managed to just start coming up with some lyrics. And it, it felt like I kind of had a, a direction then or some like it, the theme was already set in my head then with, with the with the baby news coming. So I, I kind of just thought I'm going to write a love song for my girlfriend now. I mean, cheesy as it is, but I thought if I can't write a love song now, then I'll, I'll never get it together. So it, yeah, it just all started flowing really naturally and it, yeah, it just felt right to, to write about that, you know? You called it cheesy, but I call it beautiful. How did she feel about it? Because what, you've been together seven years and you've never written a song for her? Yeah, like I've, I've written kind of love-ish songs, but they were always quite metaphorical and more abstract and not like directly for her. So yeah, as you said, we've been together like nearly seven years now I just thought if, it, if I can't get it together now then that's never gonna happen so <laughs> kind of time to be kind of like shameless with it I didn't show her the any of the song until it was like fully finished and mastered and everything and then I just brought her into the studio and showed it to her and she was she was delighted so she's probably sick of hearing it now at this stage though to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and how have you found the response from others Oh, great. I think it was it was all kind of just, it like, timed perfectly. I didn't put that much planning into the timing of it, but, like, Valentine's Day, it was, like, two days before Valentine's Day, and we're having the baby next week as well. So it was kind of like this whole, like, trifecta of just, like, lovey-dovey vibe, and everyone, everyone was just really getting into that kind of, like, personal aspect of it. Most of my songs are quite, like, detached and not, not about my own personal life, so it was yeah. kind of nice to have one that was extremely personal and... And it all just kind of fell into place. I'm delighted, to be honest. Oh, well, look, it's it's a very exciting time for you. But the new song and an impending baby aren't the only things that have been happening. You also um, do a lot of producing. And during COVID, you started um, putting together your own studio. How's that going? Really good. To be honest, it's kind of taking the the spotlight for me, like, as of the last few months. I know, like, I've got this song together, obviously, and but like the main thing I'm working on is just recording and producing other people's music and helping them kind of realize their own vision for songs, you know? You know, when you're working as a solo artist, you can get a bit kind of like stuck in a rut sometimes and how, you know, when you don't have that many other people to bounce things off. So I've kind of just really enjoyed for the past 
few months just working on other people's stuff and helping them bring their songs from like just an acoustic guitar to a full kind of body production that could be played on the radio. So plus it pays the bills. So it's kind of an extra incentive to, <laughs> to fly out. But yeah, built the studio in the garden there. It's built a cabin in rural West Cork next to my house. Just for myself originally to go on practicing with the band for touring, but then COVID happened. So all my touring fans got thrown out the window and then and then people kept getting on to me just from seeing me posting on Instagram pictures and stuff saying like, can I come in and record in there? And then I was like, well, hang on. Maybe I need to start marketing this more as a studio. And then for the past year, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Yeah, it's great. It's like an opportunity for me to get inspired by other musicians yeah. and learn how to mix better at the same time. And then it's my job now, really. So it's actually perfect. I can be a stay-at-home dad and work in the studio whenever I can in, in my spare time from daddy duties. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's yeah. perfect. Dream come true, really. Because, Fintan, that is the reality, isn't it? Like, making music is amazing and it's a great passion, but... You almost have to have two jobs going at the same time, don't you, when you're starting out? Yeah, like I was working in a kitchen for, for years there up until COVID. And then I wasn't able to go into work because of COVID. And then I built this studio. And now this studio has become my day job, which is like Brilliant. literally the best possible day job you could have running yeah. parallel to being a musician. Sometimes I have to kind of take a step back and realize like, oh, I, this is kind of all I ever dreamed I'd have. And I have it already. Do you know, what I mean? Sometimes oh. you can take for granted when you're living in the moment of it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's so lovely to hear. If people want to follow you to find out what you're doing with your own music or get in contact with you to see if you can produce their stuff, can you give us this, your social handle? So my my full name, everything is under my name, like for my own solo stuff, which is Finton McCahey. I'm the only person in the world with that name. So if you, providing you get the spelling right, McCahey is M-C-K-A-H-E-Y. But then my, my recording studio is called Ivy Hill Studios. You can get on to me for anything, really, whether you want to record or just listen to my music or just have a chat. I'm happy to indulge you. So. Brilliant. Well, Finton, good luck with all of that. Good luck next week with the impending arrival of your baby. Yeah. What an exciting time for you. Congratulations. Cheers. Thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. Before I let you go, will you introduce your track for us? Yeah. Hi, my name's Finton McCahey. You're listening to my newest single, Amber, on the Bellissimo Files. Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On Spin. A new film that's coming to the cinema next Friday. It's called Cyrano and it stars Peter Dinklage. Now, we all know Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. He played Tyrion Lannister. He couldn't be more different in Cyrano. He stars as Cyrano. And this is based on the popular um, books. And there's even been a few movies about Cyrano de Bergerac. If you don't know anything about it, he is basically someone who is in love with Roxanne. But he doesn't feel that he's worthy of it. So what he does, instead of courting her, yes, that's very old-fashioned way of saying without (laughs) instead of going after her himself and telling expressing how he feels about her what he does is he asks Christian who Roxanne really loves if he can write love letters sounds a bit creepy doesn't it but he asks if he can write love letters to Roxanne on his behalf to try and woo Roxanne um as I said Peter Dinklage plays Cyrano And he's in a role that we've never really seen him play before. So let's find out how he felt about taking on this musical lover. Peter Dinklage, great to meet you. Hi, Serena. How are you? I'm good. You find out that your wife is writing a play about Cyrano. 
How long does it take you to infiltrate her mind and go, I think I'd be the perfect one for it? Well, uh, having the advantage of, of sharing a house together, she had readings, um, early versions of the draft that she had created at her home. So I sort of sort of made coffee for all the other actors and said, can I read that part? Um, <laughs> it's just because I happened to be in the room and um, <clears throat> call myself an actor. So just to fill in the seats, she definitely allowed me to read the part of Cyrano a few times and then I wouldn't let go. That was very clever. But when very you were reading, see how I did that? Yeah. Yeah, I like what you did there. But like when yeah. you were reading, did you realize there'd be that much singing? Um, no. I mean, that definitely, this, this, there, there was, she always had the idea of making it into a, a play with songs, but more and more started to, as they went along, attach themselves to the piece, to the piece, yeah. So, how did you feel when you had to do it live on set in front absolutely. of Joe Wright? Absolutely terrified. I mean, thank God we had the foundation of doing the uh, theatrical production before. So I had a familiarity with the songs, the tunes. Um, but that all changes once you make the film because it's a very different way of performing the songs. Film affords you an intimacy that you don't have as much in the theater where you have to reach the back row of the audience. Yeah. Film, you know, the, the camera's right, in, right up close to your face and you can sing very quietly. So I, I, I really appreciated all of that, um, not being a trained singer myself. You're not only singing, there's a lot of action in this. And it's not, you know, when you say action, it's like one-on-one. -on -one. No, it's Peter against 10. How do you feel after a day of having to fight those 10 men? Um, exhilarated and completely exhausted. You get a good night's sleep that night, even <laughs> though we shot it over in the night, that one 10-man fight. Um, no, we had a an incredible stunt coordinator, Eunice Huthbert, who's just this incredible British stunt coordinator. Her and her team of Italian and British stuntmen just made me feel so safe and so cool, you know, because they 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 just made sure I didn't get hit, but they didn't mind getting hit because they're tough ass stuntmen. <laughs> um, so it was it was really wonderful, and so it's, it's just it's I'm only as good as they were, and and they just made me look so much better than I actually am. So. I would I would give yourself some credit too. <laughs> you were really but good. But it was fun because that 10-man fight is done in one take, yeah. one camera move. So if you mess up, you got to start from the beginning. And we wow. shot it all night. We got a couple of good ones and they chose from a couple of good ones. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Most people take souvenirs with them from their working experience. You know, usually it's an inanimate object. What did you and your family take from Sicily? We took, or she found, a very animated object. Uh, our our pup, Roxy. Um, yeah, we adopted a puppy when we were over there because there's quite a number of where we were staying in this little mountain area. There was quite a number of homeless dogs. It's not a sad story because the village takes care of them, but and it's you know the climate is such where they can live outside yeah. under a tree, but. Um, this, 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 yes, this litter of puppies was born when we got there and we waited until one of them was old enough and then the shelter was going to come and take them away. So we managed to uh, cut them off at the pass and uh, adopt and bring home our Roxy Roo. Yeah. I love it. I love it. There's a line she's in here. She's a year old now. She's, oh, wow. She's still full of pep, though. <laughs> um, there's a line in here that Christian says, and he says, I'm daring to be myself. Why do you not dare to be yourself? We all struggle with this, Peter. When yeah. was the moment where you just went, do you know what? There's people telling me I can't do it. I'm going to show them I can. 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's an overnight thing, um, much like overnight success. I feel like it's just a lot of wear and tear and mad as hell. And I'm not going to take it anymore after many years of, of doing something. I, I, I don't know. I don't know when it happened. It still happens. It's continual. It's a continual thing that I think we all go through till till we're older. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just you just have to have to have the confidence to to, to trust yourself and your yeah. instincts and well, the choices hey, you make in life. Keep trusting them because they're working for you, Peter. Great to meet you. Thank you so much. You can check out Peter Dinklage in Cyrano. It hits cinemas next Friday. Let's go. What to watch. Joining me on the line now is... What is... Will we try that again? <laughs> Joining me on the line now. I don't know what I was doing there, Dee, but it's great to have you on the line because it's a manky, manky day out there and it's a perfect day to be indoors watching some type of film. How's it going? It's going very well. And I think I've done well this week. I have picked one movie that is showing in cinemas and one that is uh, streaming now on Netflix. So whichever way you're going, you're right. It's it's best to just stay in and watch something on a day like this. I think so. Although I'm not sure with the one that you've chosen um, for staying in. This is the film that I saw as a teenager. It was my first ever horror film. And I've never gone back to horror since. We're talking Texas Chainsaw Massacre Day. That's right. So there is a new version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, screening on Netflix now. Um, in this version, you've got four enthusiastic youths. Their name are, names are Melody and Dante. Uh, there's Melody's younger sister, Lila, and Dante's girlfriend, Ruth. And they travel to this remote, spooky, abandoned Texas town. Um, and they're hoping to auction off the properties there, create a trendy, like newly gentrified type of area. But soon they meet the locals and some of them, would you believe, are acting a bit suspicious. No way. <laughs> let's, <laughs> T, let's take a clip. 50 years I've been waiting for this night. Just to see him again. <gasps> Leatherface. Ah, clip there from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Even just hearing that, D, I don't want to know more, but people are going to want to know more. <laughs> Is this as creepy as the original was? You know, it's so funny. The original was such a masterpiece of horror cinema and obviously it inspired this major, major franchise since. Does this latest add up to it? Now, I'm not so sure, but I mean, if, if, it's, if it's bloodiness that kind of freaks you out, this film has absolutely loads of it. Now, I know that they're trying to kind of, you know, build up an ambiance in this and stuff like that. Um, like I said, you've got kind of the locals acting suspicious and bad things kind of gradually start to happen. For example, this local elderly woman who has someone spooked living upstairs um, has a heart attack and from that point on it gets very bloody very quickly I'm not sure if it works quite as well as the original just in terms of it was such a great build up of ambience and atmosphere in the original and I don't know if this one quite gets it as right because as opposed to kind of hinting at stuff it shows a lot like there is just so much blood in this it's absolutely ridiculous um, you can kind of see as well because the whole idea is that the original survivor of the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre that can character is back. Now she's actually played by a different actress, an Irish actress actually called Alwyn Furry. So you can see how it's kind of playing off that whole idea of the original kind of like character coming back that you see in like say the new uh, Halloween movies or Terminator Dark Fate. So I think it's kind of interesting that it's playing on that trend. But 
for my money, I don't think it worked as well as the original. I didn't find the characters as interesting. I was also kind of annoyed that um, I know that horror is generally kind of push logic sometimes, but like time <laughs> and space just had no like, no position in this movie whatsoever. It just did not matter. Um, it's just a bloodbath of a movie, and I always prefer when my horrors have kind of a bit more kind of depth to them. And there is, there is a slight attempt at that. Again, I don't want to give too much away, but I don't know if it really worked. I didn't find it that scary either maybe I should have seen it on the big screen and the ending was meant to be like super violent but I just ended up laughing so I don't think that's a good sign either for a horror movie Um, I just know that my skin crawled during that whole review so I'm not going anywhere near it but if people are looking for horror what are you giving this out of five um, I mean, as a movie, I give it two out of five. But I mean, you know what? It, this is the kind of movie that's like a bit of fun to watch on Netflix. So if you're into that genre, I think you'll get a bit of a kick out of it. Okay, can we move on now? So two out yes. of five <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Let's move on to something completely different. Here before, it's an Irish film. That's right. So this one um, is actually was actually filmed in Ireland, in Belfast. Um, we're following this uh, family who are grieving the loss of their young daughter, and they have this new family moving next door. Now, the mother, Laura, uh, who's played by Andrea Riseborough, she can't help but be immediately intrigued by the neighbour's daughter because she reminds her so much of her own deceased daughter. And what, ha- what begins is kind of just, you know, giving the girl occasionally a lift home and just, like, checking in on her and having conversations kind of grows into this almost obsession and she really wants to find out exactly what her neighbours are about because she suspects them. Let's take a clip. It's Megan settling in school. Aye, aye. I just have them writing these journals, you know. Aye, Josie did one. My daughter, she's not with us anymore. A clip there from here before. Dee, I'm getting shivers just listening to this as well. I don't think this is going to be a film I'm going to enjoy. But it's not all about me, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not a horror. I would describe this more as kind of a psychological drama or thriller. And whereas I thought, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of suffered with the ambience, this movie is, like, really all ambience. In every single scene, even when it's just kind of normal conversations at the dinner table or driving around in the car, there's always kind of something more kind of menacing or secretive going on, which I thought was really, really um, well done in it. I thought as well, Andrea Riseborough, she is just phenomenal in this movie. I mean, you just forget about how brilliantly talented an actress she is. And it's a challenging role here because she is a mother who is in mourning and also consumed. And she's the one who really, it's her perspective that carries the movie. And even though, you know, as a result of kind of becoming obsessed with the neighbor's daughter, she kind of ends up neglecting her own son a little and her marriage is kind of starting to suffer. She's always consistently sympathetic. And I think that that's kind of, that can be quite challenging to pull off. Um, I thought that the backdrop of Belfast was really interesting, especially on a day like this. It just seems to be constantly raining there. And I thought that that kind of added to the bleak ambience of the stuff. Um, I'm not sure if the final twist to it like quite worked for me, but I still found it like a very uh, compelling type of movie, like I said, particularly with Andrea Riseborough's uh, lead performance. And I also thought that it was really impressive that it's actually um, the director's feature debut. So off that, I think that she's going to go on to do like some great things, you know. Okay, well, Dee, thanks a million for that. Hopefully next week you'll be back with something a bit chirpier. (laughs) I will. I will try. (laughs) Thanks a million, Dee. If you want to find out what else is playing in cinemas, well, tune in to We Love Movies tomorrow morning with Gordon Hayden from 8am. He's going to be looking at what is in cinemas, what you should watch and what you should miss. 
Joining me to share his favourite things is one of my all-time favourite comedians whose panel show, Clear History, is back on Thursday nights on RTE2. I'm talking about Jason Byrne. Jason, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for having us. I'm not saying it because you're on here, but I watched the last season of Clear History and I yeah. it's such a fab panel show. Yeah, it's good fun and it suits the Irish a lot. Basically what it is is that celebrities, like so myself and Joanne McNally are, 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 are captains and then Kevin McGarren is, uh, he's the host <laughs> and then guests come on and we all tell horrific stories of our, that we don't want to talk about anymore. You know what I mean? So it suits the Irish because we love a terrible story as in like you know oh my god that's terrible tell me more oh Jesus what happened oh my god I want to know more so there's loads of that kind of stuff that, that people have brought in I so love really... that well listen we can hear your stories that you don't want to share on Clear History but today we want you to share a bit of you through your favourite things are you ready? Okay I love a quiz <laughs> when it's about and especially when it's about me and I can't get it wrong I was going to say you can't get this wrong Jason so <laughs> what TV show are you obsessing over right now? I was brought up on television and my extra parent was television. So I feel that when I pick one program, I'm kind of like, I feel bad for the others. But <laughs> the one I'm right on right now, I'm in documentary land. So I'm watching Oliver Stone's new JFK documentary on uh, Sky. Oh, wow. Which is brilliant. Because uh, Oliver Stone, I think it was 1991 when he made JFK. So he made that movie and he caused loads of trouble when he made it. But now he's done a documentary, which is amazing. So, because all those files were supposed to be released on, uh, John, on, John, on uh, Kennedy about how, you know, the actual truth about the shooting, which is pretty obvious. Yeah. But that's what he does. It's like, it's hours of footage that Oliver Stone has, has, uh, has put up on Sky. What's your favourite film? You see, it has to be Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really? Because that would have been a huge movie when I was a kid. My friend, Carl, my best friend, Carl, Carl McDermott, big shout out to Carl. Uh, we used we used to come home from school at lunch and Carl would put on the Indiana Jones and Raise the Lost Ark and we would then know the script. We would both take turns doing the script, watching the telly, having our ham and cheese toasty at the break and Harrison Ford, everybody in school wanted to be Harrison Ford with his whip and his hat. You know, I, I love it though. It's so Irish. I was at home watching it with my ham and cheese toasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I had ham and cheese toasty for my lunch for nearly five years. <laughs> favourite book? Oh, well, a favourite book of all time, what I have to say, would be The Wasp Factory, right, by Ian Banks. And I can't remember what it was about, like, fully. But it was the first book favorite? I read. your <laughs> favourite? Yeah, because I remember it was the first book I read after school. We had to read Wuthering Heights in school, except it was broken down. Do you know what I mean? Into loads of bits. Okay, read pages 20 to 24. I, I actually didn't realise that Wuthering Heights was an amazing book until until after school life. So, The Wasp Factory, all I remember is that was a very bizarre book, really weird book about about this kid who ended up in a home. Now that I just say it, I'm going to get it and read it again, but I know it's a 10 out of 10 that one. What song should everyone have on their pumped up playlist? Anything from the 80s, I would say. If you flick on a Duran Duran song, I, I even think that even young people will go, oh my God, I actually like this. Do you have a, a favourite album? Oh yeah, it's the Pixies. Because they're such an amazing band and they, they uh, that Surfer Rose is a really good, that's a great one to, to walk along to or run along to that. Okay. That one. I met them all once, which was so embarrassing. What did you do? I, <laughs> 
This is the other bit on clear history, this story. Okay, I'll summarise this really quickly. Des Bishop was running the International Comedy Club bar. The Pixies were in town. Frank Black, who's the lead singer, came in to see the drummer who wanted to do some stand-up in the club, and he went. Ardla Hanlon was doing a gig that night. Turned out Frank Black was a huge fan of Father Ted and wants to be Ardla Hanlon. Cut to me and Des in Sydney. Des is now, you know, in touch with Frank Black, the lead singer of the Pixies, and Des didn't even know much about the Pixies. We went to the Pixies, and then uh, afterwards we went to meet them backstage, and Frank Black was in there, and we were standing there, and he just went, hi, Des. He went to talking to Des first. And then Des went, hey, Frank, this is Jason. I went, hiya. And I didn't know what to do. I said, I was in Father Ted. <laughs> I'm scarlet for you. And he went, he went, I'm sorry, but I beg your pardon. And then he turned to Des and went, so anyway, Des, will we meet up tomorrow? And I was just standing. <laughs> so I had to just back out of the room very slowly. <laughs> oh my God, he's my hero. And I just stood there like a madman telling him I was in Father Ted. Favourite podcast? When I had my, I had like stents put in, a bit of heart surgery there around um, October. I needed a podcast to cheer me up while I was going through all that. And one of my heroes, who's Bob Mortimer, you know, Vic and Bob, absolute heroes of mine. And Bob has a podcast called Atletico Mince, which is the funniest podcast you'll ever hear. It is so brilliant. Russell Brand. I love Russell. Because I, I used to gig with Russell all the time and everything. He's brilliant. No way. You know? Ah, yeah. Russell used to be do stand-up on all of us in Edinburgh. Your favourite account to follow on social media? Saj Guru is a great one to follow. And I think he's S-A-J Guru. But he's this Indian guru who sits up in a big chair and everybody listens to him. But he doesn't take himself seriously, which is really odd. Very honest, open man. And Jason Byrne, your favourite thing to do on a weekend? Well, yes. Now, let's you see, I work every weekend. You know, our weekends are gigging. I suppose the best way to do that question is to reverse it and do, what do you do on the weekdays? <laughs> Actually, only the other day, because after my heart surgery, I ran for the first time in five months, like uh, along the pier or whatever. How was that? The coast. I, did, I didn't think it'd be so emotional, but it really was. I had always ran and trained to help my with my head. Yeah. And after I got my the, the, the little pain in my heart, I wasn't, I could barely walk, never mind run. Look, I just did it and stuck to it. And then I went for a run yesterday. And it was really weird. I mean, I felt so elated. That's what I love to do. I love to go for, for walks, get up into the mountains, up in Ticknock, up in Dublin, head to Waterford, get on the beaches. Like, I'm really outdoors. Well, Jason, it's great to see that your heart is back working properly and you're out there doing things oh. that you love and that we can check you out doing stand-up around the country and you're also on our TV screens. Yeah, and just go to jasonburn.ie. You'll get all the tickets for all the shows. Thank Jason, you. always good to chat to you. You're so kind. Thanks a million for that. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. He really is amazing. Um, as he said, he's touring around the country and you can also see Jason with Kevin McGahan, Joanne McNally in RTE2, on RTE2 Thursdays at 9.30pm on Clear History. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Earlier on in the show, I chatted to Peter Dinklage about his new film, Cyrano. If you missed it, you can get that back up on our website, spin1038.com. Cyrano is a film about Cyrano de Bergerac, who Peter Dinklage plays. He's basically in love with a girl called Roxanne and he's too embarrassed to tell her. So instead what he does 
He helps a young man called Christian try to woo her through love letters that he writes. The um, guy Christian is played by Calvin Harrison Jr. I got to chat to him recently. Calvin, so cool to meet you. Hey, good to meet you too. Calvin, when you get a call going, hey, Calvin, Joe Wright wants to meet you about a project, not sure what it is right now, what goes through your mind? (laughs) That literally happened. And so I was just like, what does Joe Wright want with me? (laughs) I was like, have I done something? Um, So it was cool. You know, I was supposed to meet him. I was in London at the top of 2020. And we were supposed to get coffee, and then Joe was busy, and then I couldn't, I couldn't, we ended up not making it work. And then they were like, Joe wants to Zoom you when, when pandemic hit, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then Joe got busy again. And so I was like, it's never going to happen. Joe doesn't, I don't know, who's pranking me? And then finally <laughs> I got on the Zoom with him, and he was telling me about this movie and this project. And I was like, of course. And he was like, do you want to hear the plot? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 really grateful that I got to be in this. Well, I love it. You know, you get the part. You finally know what the movie's all about. Then we go into this lockdown. You're in lockdown for ages. You're not working. You get a call, and you're told you need to go to Sicily. That's all exciting. But what is the reality like when you come out of a lockdown? You've come out of not working for a while. You turn up to set. How's Calvin feeling turning up to set? Scared. You know, I, first of all, this, the sets are so different from what they used to be between the mask and the testing and the bubbles. And, you know, I, what was so scary about it was like, okay, first of all, do any of us still remember how to act? <laughs> any, anyone else? Everyone's like, yeah, same. And then you start to kind of go half of, half of the job is connecting with your castmates. It's yeah. being really intimate with these people and being able to touch them and, and connecting with the crew and connecting with the camera guys and, and the sound guys and, and feeling like there's a, there's, a, there's a team of people supporting us as we go through these, these, um, these intense moments or these really beautiful moments. And some of that was limited. But um, at the same time, we were still so grateful just to have whatever we have, the fact that we were able, were able to be working yeah. in a beautiful town like Sicily on a Joe Wright film, doing this story about connection and missing each other. It was like it was meant to be in a lot of ways. There's a line in this and Cyrano says, I'm simply not worthy of her. We feel like that about ourselves sometimes, not just in love, in everything. Calvin, when did you finally go to yourself? Do you know what? I'm going to back myself. I am worthy of being in this industry and following my dreams. Oh, wow. Wow, I'm still waiting on that day. <laughs> no, I think um, I, I've, actually it was during the pandemic. I think having that time, too, in isolation, it really allowed me to reflect. on. I keep journals of every job I do, and I, I'll have a personal journal and a work journal, and I get to read basically, like, what was I, t- what was I talking about by my day and how it was set like and, or what was I working on with the character and my process. And I grew such an appreciation for my growth. And I was like, that's the thing we have to kind of keep in mind as we go through life is we're constantly in process. We're constantly growing and we need to be a lot kinder to ourselves as we as we approach these relationships, as we approach connection and and, and empowering ourselves in that way to say we're, we're kind of all amazing. Yeah. You know, who's yeah. who's this who's for, for anybody's business to tell us we're not, you know, I love that. And don't let anybody else dull your sparkle, because I think people are so quick to say to us. Do you know what? How dare you think you're amazing? And you are amazing, Calvin, because I cannot wait. You're fantastic in this. But, oh, my God, your upcoming slate, um, Baz Luhrmann, B.B. King, Elvis, Scar, 
we don't have enough time to talk about all of those, but how are you feeling about all of those coming out hopefully really soon? Um, I'm excited. I, you know, it's been it's been a blessing to be able to kind of go from a Joe Wright movie and then leave and do a Baz Luhrmann movie, you know, and then right now I'm still doing the Lion King stuff and it's 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 just fun. It's just fun. It's just like I said, Pete always told me, it's like, just remember to have fun and play. And that's all it is. It's like, that's the beauty of our jobs. We get to kind of come and do what we love. And that's a gift. So I just, I don't take it for granted. Well, you keep shining because I'm loving your star right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you want to check out Calvin Harris at Har- Harrison in Cyrano, it is in cinemas next week. Break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? Joining me in studio as ever is producer Aoife. Aoife, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. There's a lot that you're like, the first story, can we get straight into it? Because I don't believe it's true, but you have gone and you have done your research (laughs) and you're telling me that this actually happened. Yes, this was my favourite story from the week. I am... as, As radio people, we deal with a lot of big files and we have to manage a lot of those files and make sure that they're well like stored and that we're never going to lose them and that we don't press delete that we don't press delete can you imagine the panic of being someone who worked on Pixar's Toy Story 2 and accidentally deleting all of the footage that they had in production what (laughs) I've just oh my I panic when I delete a 10 second audio clip going, oh my God, Eva, where's it going? Where's it going? And you're just like, well, it's in your backup, it's in the trash. But that means they would have had to have deleted it and then emptied their trash as well. Yes. So (gasps) this Toy Story 2 was made all the way back in around 1998, I believe. So of course then they didn't have the technology we have then either. And this tweet resurfaced recently and I just love it. It's uh, from Chris Alban and he said, someone at Pixar deleted all of Toy Story 2. The backup hadn't worked for a month and only the only reason we saw that movie was because someone on maternity Leave had a copy of it on her home computer, and her name is uh, G- Galen Galen Sussman. I'm going to say I'm not. I'm probably butchering her name. Sorry. And she's actually now the producer of the new Lightyear movie. <gasps> she saved the day, and now is the producer of the new movie. I love those full circle moments. I know I love that it was a woman who saved the day too. Now, of course, I had to go and do my research into this and make sure the story was all true. Yeah, and it is, which I couldn't believe. Oh but my. the most interesting thing I found about this was. After they discovered she still had the file, they went to her house, they wrapped the machine in blankets and (laughs) had it all padded out in the car to drive it back to the studios. They ended up deleting the whole movie anyway and restarting from scratch because they weren't happy with the story. So maybe the person who pressed delete in the first place was the one going, this is crap, let's move on. Do we know anything about the person who pressed delete? So this was my thing. I was like, if I was that person, I would never recover of the panic and the shock. (laughs) But the lovely thing is, Pixar said they never went on a witch hunt. They kind of went, do you know what? It's happened. We don't know how it happened or who did it or who entered the code, but let's just find a way to fix it. I just got chills because that is lovely. Isn't that you so nice? Yeah, you don't usually hear those things. I know. Um, something that we have been hearing for a long time is this next actor's surname, but <laughs> like, have we been hearing it right? <laughs> Anyone who's like me and has a lovely Irish name with loads of bells and it will absolutely <laughs> understand the pain of people mispronouncing your name. And we have been mispronouncing this actor's name completely wrong. Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, well, I'd say Gyllenhaal. 
Actually, let me tell the truth. I, I jump between the two. Like, if I'm not sure, listen to me do my links when I'm not sure about a person's name, I will jump between the two. So I'd say, Jake Gyllenhaal did this, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal did this. Well, we're both wrong. And this clip resurfaced on TikTok during the week. It is him explaining to Conan O'Brien how his name is actually said. The name Gyllenhaal, I never know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It is a Swedish name, is it not? It is a Swedish name. So yeah. shouldn't it be like, Gyllenhaal? Oh my yeah. God. The only two places that that is pronounced correctly, my last name like you did just now, is in Sweden uh-huh. and in Ikea. Ikea. <laughs> 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 Say it. Yeelan Hall. Yeelan Hall. Yeelan Hall. And I don't have to spell my name. Yeah. I just sit there in shock going, sorry, I, this is my name. Yeah. Yeah. And you've spelled it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or as I, anytime I leave Ireland, I have this issue. So I totally sympathise with him. But there you go. I want to hear everyone saying, yeel and all. Yeel and all. <laughs> it's actually fun. I, yeah. I'd be asking for people to pronounce it properly. Yes. And... One final thing yes. I have been obsessing over at the moment, the new series of Euphoria. What do we all love Euphoria for? Of course, the amazing cast and the acting, but the makeup looks. And I have good news if you're a fan, like me, of the crazy, wild, glittery makeup looks. The makeup artist from the show, Doniella Davy, is bringing out her own brand called Half Magic. So you'll be able to do all the big, colourful, crazy looks, the glitter, the glam, amazing. that comes with Euphoria very soon. And hopefully we'll be able to get it here in Ireland. I hope so. I really hope so. I need the glitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. If you are a fan of the Proud family, you are going to be excited because they are back, but this time they are louder and prouder. For those who don't know who they are, The Proud Family is an animated family and the series is about the daily life of Penny Proud as she hilariously navigates growing up in a really loud house with a loving mum and overly pr- protective dad. I caught up with Kyla Pratt, who is the voice of Penny, and Joe Marie Payton, who's the voice of the hilarious Sugar Mama. Kyla, Joe Marie, congratulations on coming back. Yay, thank you, thank you. Kyla, how did you find out that you guys were coming back and what was your reaction? I basically got a call and I it was it was a number I did not recognize. And you answered. You didn't, yeah, you didn't I, recognize the number and you answered. Which <laughs> never happens for me because I'm always like, oh no, who was that? I answered <laughs> and um, it was uh, Bruce Smith and Ralph Farquhar and they said, hey, we're thinking about, you know, bringing the gang back. Are you interested? And I'm like, first of all, who is this playing on my phone? Because <laughs> no, don't call me talking about, no, are you interested? Who else going to be Penny? Okay. <laughs> and to get that call and then, and then to be able to see a lot of my cast members in person. Unfortunately, we weren't able to record together this time around because of everything mm-hmm. that was going on. But just to know that we were all going to be together in one way, like it was mm-hmm. just, an amazing feeling and we've been waiting for this for so long and people who enjoy yes. the show have been waiting for so long so I'm happy that we finally have a release date so they can stop attacking me on my social media. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Marie, has it been like that for you too? Because I know a lot of people have been wanting this to come back. Oh yes, yes, yes. Well the way I found as I got the call also but I think a year before that I put in a call because there was a football player on the... Um, what is it? The New Orleans Saints, I think it was. He had a pair of cleats made for his football shoes. And on one side, he had Penny, and the other side, he had Sugar Mama. And somebody no sent way. it to me. And I said, oh, my God, he was such a fan. He had his cleats, his football shoes done up like that. So I sent a copy to Bruce, and then I put it online, and I said, 
Oh, I didn't know people love the show like that. I know they loved it, but not like that, that they're putting stuff everywhere. Then I went online and I was amazed at how crazy the people were. <laughs> so I said, Bruce, maybe we need to do something about this. But then that was a year, you know, prior to them calling back. And I guess other people, you know, they had been out there all the time asking for it. And so when they called me and like I said, the first thing they said is, yeah, the voice is still the same. So we're, we're good. We're good to go. Kyla. Your um, your voice is still the same, but you've aged since then, as has everyone. But you were playing a 14-year-old girl and you were 14 at the time. What was that like for you? It's funny because during, like, while we were recording it, I had no idea. <laughs> I have been acting since I was seven, eight years old. To me, it was my first time doing animation and I didn't really like my voice um, at the time. Really? I, yeah, I, uh, I I tell people like I was in middle school and I got sick and it just stayed raspy and then that's just what it was. So I'm, you know how people hear you hear your voice back and you're like, is that me? That's what I sound like. <laughs> so at the time I was like, oh my goodness, am I gonna be? Are they gonna like me? Or am I gonna get fired? Like I hope it's okay. Um, but I didn't realize until I got older that recording this show actually helped shape me in so many ways and and taught me so many things and. And I brought so much of myself out in Penny and realizing like, oh, okay, this is where this sassiness, I know who I am. Nobody can make me feel like I need to do mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I've always brought that energy, but I didn't realize, you know, that, that playing Penny on the Proud Family really helped guide my personality in a lot of ways. Yeah. I love these characters. And Jo Marie, you get to play the brilliant sugar mama. If you could have any part of her in your own life, what would you love to be able to get away with that she gets away with? You know what? Being an animated character, she can do Tybo and all those other things. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's ageless, you know. Animation, you can fly or do all kinds of things. I, I, I don't think because I don't limit myself, not as a person, or, and I'm glad that they don't limit her as a animated character. So for me, I don't I don't know if anything that I would want to do that they're not allowing Sugar Mama to do. You know, they're allowing her to be that childlike person that Penny and all of her friends can gravitate to. Then they're allowing her to be that mother who chastises Oscar and and Bobby. They're allowing her to be that mother-in-law that's supportive with Trudy. So. This, this, I don't I don't think I think this was the perfect character for me. I love that you've enjoyed it because we're all enjoying it and it's good to have you both back. Thank you. Thank you Thank so much. You. <laughs> I've seen a couple of episodes of The Proud Family. It's an animated series. It is hilarious. They will be back. It will premiere on Wednesday, this Wednesday, the 23rd of February on Disney Plus, and then new episodes will appear every other uh, every Wednesday. Let's go. Spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. She's back. Yes, I'm talking about producer Aoife. And there's some great... I'm actually excited this week. Not that I am. I'm not every week, but I'm really excited this week with who you've brought. Well, I mean, you did tell me last week that Music Fix, fix is a bit of a downer with all the Valentine's oh, <laughs> Well, there you go. At least I you know have, I'm honest. I have fixed it this week. I brought you some more upbeat stuff to see your mood. <laughs> And there's lots of great new music out this week. One I'm very excited about is this new collab from Regard and Years and Years. It's called Hallucination. You look like a vision, but now I'm beginning to see through the haze. Don't be so fake. Oh, your love is a hallucination. 
phone. No regard is in here as well, but years and years. Ollie, he can do no wrong at the moment. Well, to, to me, regard and Ollie can do no wrong at the moment. So the fact they've come together on this track, I think it's really, really good. I'm hoping we're going to hear lots of it on the airwaves, which I think we will. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love that. It's kind of dancey without being too intense as well. Yeah. It's um, enough to put a smile on our faces. Yes. Now, next up we have someone who we're used to hearing in the more down, slow kind of songs, but uh, we're seeing a very different side from Miss Mimi Webb. This is called House on Fire. And so we dated once in a while But if there was a motive It's not enough for a trial me a bit of Sigrid and um, Griff. Yes, actually. Or do you know what I was thinking? This little change in tone for her reminds me a little bit of when Adele started bringing out Rolling in the Deep and that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. So yeah. like if she goes that way, I think she's going to do really, really well. It suits her voice as well. She's actually playing here on Monday night as well in the Academy. So if you're a fan of Mimi, make sure you hop on and get tickets for that. And uh, she's going to be supporting Tate McRae on her North American tour. So she's going to break the US as well, I think. That is huge. And as I said a little earlier on, if you want to hear her, she'll be on with Jazz during the week on yeah. Jazz's Zoo Crew. Yeah, we've had her on before as well. She's lovely. Yeah. Um, they're two songs that are up for the Bliss My Files single of the week. You know what to do. Head over to at official spin 1038 Take that poll. And I'm so excited about this next song. I can't believe I'm getting to play this on spin. Serena, you keep saying recently how we're playing Elton John, which yes. we never thought we would. Well, here's another one bringing us back. This is a new one called, from Sister Sledge and Legendary called Free. You're trying hard to break through. I know it's not up to me, but that's my Bliss of My Files single of the week. That is brilliant. Do you know what I love about this? So, we obviously know Sister Sledge. They're a family collective. This is the first collective single they've released in 20 years. But it's phase two of Sister Sledge. So the kids and no the way. and all of that, of the, the people who are in the band, the sisters, are all featured on this. So there's um, Debbie's daughter, Camille. There is Joni's son, Tadius. And then um, multiple other members of the family. So it's the next kind of phase of Sister Sledge. There's going to be a mix of house music, of hip hop, everything thrown in. I am so excited to see where this goes. I cannot wait. And you know I'm a sucker for stories like that I as know, well. that's why I had to tell you. Oh, I love it. And we're following that with this. Come on. Are you ready? First dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> What have you got this week, Aoife? I am a huge fan of this duo from Manchester. They're called Solardo and I was, they were tweeting the other day saying how they wish they could make more chill music, but I'm so glad they're still making bangers. This is the new one from them and it's called Riser. Aoife, 
after this week, you have lost your Debbie Downer <laughs> title from last week. That was brilliant. This is from now until the summer. We are building up with the Dance Track of the Week oh, to all the festival performances. I'm so excited. <laughs> Cannot wait. But listen, that was, as I said, fabulous. Love it. Out of the park this week. But that is not the Melissa Fall single of the week. I think you're going to be happy with this one anyway. This is the brand new one from Regard and Years and Years. It is called Hallucination on the Bellissimo Files. You must be single. That must be why. You sent me some phone with the other night. That's confusing. That brings us to the end of this week's show. If you missed anything, as usual, you can get it back in, uh, back up on our website. Aoife, next week, Tara is in for the two of us. We're off for the week. We are. We, oh, it helps if I push <laughs> your mic up. Next week, she has a great show lined up. There's JC Stewart and Macy Peters, one of our favourites. Actually, they're both some of our favourites. Yes. Yeah, so tune in next week, The Bellissimo Files. As I said, Aoife and I will be back in a couple of weeks' time, but Tara will be here minding the show for for us. Jess is up next. Jess on spin. Enjoy what's left of the weekend. Stay indoors. Do not go out in that rain. See you soon. Bye. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin.